Thanks for pressing play today, listener. In today's episode of Nerd Nostalgia, you're going to catch Brian, Irvin, and Trey doing a trio episode with two very special guests. We have directors Adam Sweeney and Scott Barber from the documentary The Orange Years, The Nickelodeon Story, which is expected on November 17th, 2020. So head over to iTunes and download the documentary. In the episode, we'll talk with the two directors how they started in the business, how they came about this project, the process, talking with and interviewing different celebrities, going over some of their favorite Nickelodeon shows, and just in general, having a wonderful, wonderful, absolutely great conversation. Guys, y'all know the drill. Please head over to Apple Podcasts, drop that five stars, tell your friends, family, girlfriends, coworkers, your dog, anybody with an Apple device, and tell them to subscribe and hit that five star. All right, y'all know the drill. Before we get started, here's a quick clip for you to enjoy. Somebody like Keenan Thompson is busy all the time. So he just came and met us, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. We were like, hey, do you need a valet? Do you need blah, 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 whatever. And he's like, no, nah, I know how to part. Like, he, yeah. it was just like really cool <laughs> and very kind. And everybody was like that. For real. That dude, like, we can't stress it enough how cool that guy was. Whatever the opposite of a diva is, that's what that guy is. Like, he... Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Nerd Nostalgia Podcast. In today's episode, we have a very, very, very special uh, treat for you guys. We are doing an interview with two directors from a documentary that's going to be coming out. So we have Scott and Adam with us today from the Orange Theory or the Orange Orange Theory is a, is a workout place <laughs> from the Orange Years, the Nickelodeon story. Welcome, Scott, Adam. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. We're, we're pumped to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I could stand to spend more time in the Orange Theory. Probably. Yeah, I need to go to Orange Theory. <laughs> yeah. Orange yeah. Theory Fitness. Oh, man. Yeah, I've done that a couple of times. It's, uh, it's intense. They get your heart rate going and wow. everything. I believe it. They're doing very well for themselves. So, uh, yeah. Orange Theory, if you're looking to uh, give any um, sponsorships, this is the podcast for it. So, Absolutely. Sponsored by Orange Theory Fitness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no affiliation, guys. Please don't say this. Uh, <laughs> on that note, we're here. We're going to be talking about their documentary that is the Nickelodeon story. And Trey and I are all about nostalgia. Brian will be here too. And we're going to we're going to chat it all up. So I'm super curious about talking to artists and people that are in the industry and, and how they really jump into it. So before we, we get into the, the Nickelodeon story and the orange year specifically, right? How did, uh, how did you guys know you wanted to be directors or director? How did you get into the industry? Let's, let's start there. So Scott and I had worked together uh, both in some commercial videography, which were shorter documentaries for different companies. And additionally, we, both have theater and film backgrounds as actors. We had written a couple of scripts together previously. Some of them, one was a coming of age script, one was a comedic script. Not unlike pop star, never stop, never stopping, but a little bit different, more like from a Backstreet Boys type perspective. So okay. we, had, we had talked to a couple of directors and I don't know if people know this, but making a film is very difficult. <laughs> And so we we talked to them a little bit and, you know, sometimes things work out for whatever reason, it just wasn't aligning. And so we decided at that point that maybe it was time to go on on our own and to take a, a stab at it because Scott has a great deal of experience uh, behind the camera as an editor. I have experience writing and marketing. So we said, well, why don't we take a look at this and try to give it a shot? 
So we looked at the documentary format and we figured that that was the most accessible way to make a first film. And then the next step was to take a look and ask ourselves, well, what is a story that one hasn't been told and two that would be really interesting to a large audience? Scott and I have grown up and known each other since we were nine years old and Nickelodeon, we both come from, you know, we're both uh, come from families of divorce. And one of the things that really helped shape and, you know, keep our, our friendship together was the, the Nickelodeon network. We, you know, I moved away. This was before social media. So if you moved away, you might as well have been in Siberia, right? If you moved like 30 minutes away from each other. So we would call each other all the time and we would just watch Nickelodeon together. So we did some research, took a look at Nickelodeon after, you know, kicking around some ideas. And we decided this was the one. This was the idea. No one had done a documentary about it before. It was something that we were very passionate about. And we thought that if we were passionate about it, that there was probably a good likelihood a lot of other people were interested in it also. From there, we ended up doing a lot of research and that's whenever we found our, our story. And so, you know, credit to credit to Scott and to, you know, the rest of the team because it was a small group that did a ton. But that was, you know, that was kind of the way that we came to kind of lock in on Nickelodeon as our subject. That's amazing. Yeah, I know we, uh, when Trey and I saw this and Brian, we all were talking about it. We were, we were so enthused for it because we grew up watching Nickelodeon. We grew up watching all of it. I mean, we have questions from, from some of our fans that uh, specifically about some of the stuff that may, maybe y'all know the answers to, but. Oh, I can't wait for that. So it was, it was the, Hey guys, we're going to do this interview in a couple of days. If you had one question that you could get answered about Nickelodeon history, what would that be? Hmm. And so we kind of had to rule out some of like the gross, dirty ones. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And like, no, no, not asking them that. We don't know them that well yet, you know, maybe later, but yeah, yeah, yeah. there was some in there and it was like, yeah we got to ask that question. And again, you may know it, you may not, but you know, definitely excited for, for the documentary itself and and just kind of reiterating what Irvin said, you know, growing up with those shows. And I just vividly remember like getting cable and being like, holy crap, now we have Nickelodeon and now we know what, you know, what's all going on. So my younger brother, he's five years younger than me. And so he doesn't really remember life without cable. Right. And so like he is more, we always had, you know, Nickelodeon available to us as, as little kids. Whereas I remember it was just, you had to wait local Houston news channel or local Houston channels or whatever. And then after three o'clock, then, okay, grandma's soap operas are over. Now you can watch something that may be entertaining for a kid. Yeah. Right. Right. Like this was all the time. That's great. Yeah, no, totally. I, I think Scott can, can speak to that also. Like we're both from, yeah. we're both originally from Houston also. So shout out to H-Town. Absolutely, man. Hey, go Kooks. Hey. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, actually Kooks. that per- perfect segue. Uh, so where'd you guys go to school? You know, you mentioned that y'all both have uh, degrees from it being originally from Houston. Where did y'all end up? Were y'all local here or did y'all go somewhere else? Yeah, I, we both grew up in Houston, the Houston area, kind of north in a little suburb. Uh, we met at Oak Ridge Elementary, part of Conroe okay. Independent School District. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, country. we both lived yes. in that area all through high school, pretty much. Adam moved closer into Houston. And then I went to a place called the Katy Studio in it's a conservatory up in Dallas, where I kind of learned about film and acting and stuff like that. It was pretty fun. And, and so I got kind of heavily involved in that community in Dallas. And then Adam went to Texas. Okay. Yeah, I went to Texas Lutheran, which is a school uh, in Seguin, Texas, the world's largest pecan. 
Uh, yeah, there. boy. Uh, shout, yeah, out. shout out to the world's largest pecan. You're going to want that world's largest pecan. Um, uh, yeah, I used to always say like, hey, do you know where do you know where San Marcos is? And people were like, yeah, I know San Marcos. And I was like, okay, well, just go 30 minutes to the west of that and you're good. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Scott and I, we grew up together. Uh, and then, like he said, I went north. Uh, I guess I went south, technically. I went south, lived in downtown Houston. Uh, then made my way and kind of moved, went back. And it's interesting because like Scott and I, like when we were in high school, we always were in different schools very close to each other, like the yeah. Woodlands or Oak Ridge or Conroe, but we never were at the same school. But, you know, we were always crossing paths and everything like yeah. that. And yeah, again, it's it, before social media. So it's like, even if you're only a few minutes away, you know, it's you, your friend, you know, like Adam said, you might as well be in Siberia. You're not, you know, it's not like today where you can, get on the gram so yeah, yeah we were we yeah. were we were pretty close but you know we didn't get to see each other that's fair yeah you yeah know. sometimes you'd have to trek you know a mile two miles on your bike to go see if your buddy was home to see if his yeah, bike right. was out in the front yard and if it was you're like okay he's home i can maybe come <laughs> hang out if not, right the, right you would two like miles back home Right. You would, you would do like a, you would go to the food court, right? Like you would go to the mall and you went to the food court and you were like, meet me here at one thirty because oh, we did that a lot. We would always cause hijinks in the mall. Oh, dude. <laughs> and we, yeah, we were troublemakers for We sure. almost got kicked out of the Woodlands mall so many times. Ah, the nineties. <laughs> it was a good time. But you know, I think the one thing that's really exciting for us is to talk to and, and hear like the experiences that y'all have had, right? Yeah. Like what y'all love also and like the fans of your podcast, because that's why the story exists, you know, like yeah. it's y'all's story. It's like, it is interesting because it's like this collective thing, you know, we were all, ex there's something to be said about the fact that we were all experiencing the same thing at the same time. You know, kids programming is great today too, but there's so much of it out there and you can watch it anytime on any device, on a TV, Netflix, on a tablet. Disney Plus. All so, that. yeah, it's this thing that kind of unified us because we were all watching, you know, SNCC. All of us kids were watching the same thing at the same time, kind of in a very similar environment. So it, it, it's great, even though we were all in different places in our lives, it, all of us kids that are, all of us adults that were about the, you know, the same age. Um, we all kind of can go back to that same place because of that. So one thing that I'm seeing through my daughter's eyes now, right, is uh, she just turned four years old. And so all she's ever known is Netflix and, you know, Disney Plus, Hulu, things like that, the streaming services. And, and we actually cut cable a while ago, right? Good call. And yeah, you, you got to because it's like we, well, granted, I don't know what's going on in the world and these guys can attest to it. Like I haven't seen a movie in a theater in four years because I have a four-year-old daughter. Right. Oh, yeah. So it's like, I'm not taking her to the movies. I'm not spending $25 to go with her when she's going to ruin it anyway. So mm -hmm. I, you know, I know what's going on with Doc McStuffins right now. And <laughs> right now, oh, yeah. like, but I, as Paw far Patrol? as like my show, yeah, Paw Patrol, I got that on lock, but you know, the things that I like, I kind of have to wait until, all the kids are in bed and, and, you know, do my own binging right at that point in time. But again, she only knows it from a streaming perspective. Whereas Nickelodeon back in the day, there were commercials and those commercials were doing a very good job of selling you shit, right? They were, they were like, Hey, you know, you got to buy GAC. You got to buy, you know, these, these things like this, there's a skip it and there's a bop it and all that stuff like that, where my daughter has never seen a commercial. We were at like a car dealership or something like that. And they had, you know, one of the television programs up in like a little kid's room to hang out. And she saw like a commercial for a Barbie. 
she's just in, just focused on this screen like what is that why are these children playing with that doll on TV this is so strange and i think about it kind of going back to what you said scott like yeah depending on where you were in you know your childhood at the time not only were you watching the same shows as everybody else you were also being subjected to the same advertising wanting the same toys and things like that, which this kind of throws back to one of the episodes that we just did recently, which was, uh, was our nostalgic toys episode. Mm-hmm. And nice. so Brian, who's coming on now, I think. Yo, I'm, I'm here, but my new computer setup does not have a camera. So just imagine me looking just great, having a great smile and hair. Gotcha. Just so Perfect hair, actually. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> actually, this is the picture I want y'all to have in your mind. Have y'all seen Into the Spider-Verse? Oh, yeah. 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 Peter B. Parker. Oh, okay. That's him. I kid you not, that's him. He missed his his Halloween opportunity this year. He should have been Peter B. Parker. Yep. Peter B. B. Parker is is a a charming character to aspire to. You that's awesome, man. Congratulations. (laughs) Well, you know, I've I've spent thirty-three years cultivating a very mediocre physique, so (laughs) (laughs) you're in good company because uh we were we were talking about uh Orange Theory earlier. So (laughs) awesome, awesome. Today's episode is sponsored by Orange Theory. (laughs) (laughs) Hey Hey, Adam Scott, good to meet y'all, by the way. Good to meet you, Brian. Great to meet you, Brian. Or it was good also. I said, it's like, you think good? And I think great. I'm like, <laughs> it is equally good. We were both yeah. happy. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, Brian is still butthurt that he never got a Stretch Armstrong. And Stretch mm-hmm. Armstrong was something that was advertised on Nickelodeon. And I think that there is more to it. Just again, going back to what you said, Scott, like as far as the accessibility of all entertainment right now is it's just all over the place. I mean, you know, you pick a streaming yeah. service or you pick 10 streaming services and you're, and you're just subjected to it. And so I could be watching Blue's Clues and somebody else is watching whatever. Right. So the kids are not getting that same that same taste and, and kind of feeling that camaraderie. And I think it also goes more into the the advertisements and the and the longing for the toys and the merchandise and, and things of that nature that, that's kind of missed out now. That's true. You know, whenever we were editing this, you know, we got our footage from everywhere, anywhere we could get it. You know, I would find somebody on YouTube and be like, hey, can you send me that VHS? And so I'd be going through these VHS where people had just taped their TV for like hours to get all the bumpers and all the all the shows and stuff. And yeah, you're absolutely right. When I would be watching these commercials, it wasn't just, you know, you can watch the shows on like Amazon or Netflix or Hulu. A lot of the old Nickelodeon shows are on those platforms. But when you're watching it, like as it was back in the day, you know, with the commercials, with everything, with the bumpers, you get a totally different experience. And it's funny because sometimes my kids would watch, they would come in uh, while I would be editing and they'd be like, oh, I want that. And it's like a cartoon. It's like a toy from the A's. It's like, eh, you can't get it now. Sorry. Yeah. You, listen, yeah. you were born like 30 years too late. Sorry. That, we, need to, we need to go on eBay and really do a deep dive, but yeah, uh, dude, I'm not yeah. spending $300 on a toy. Not gonna exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was cool, you know, and that's one thing too about Nickelodeon, because the, the whole point of cable in the beginning was to not have commercials. That was the selling point. And so Nickelodeon used their commercial time to make those awesome bumpers that really just amplified who they were. Since they're not selling any products, they just would play their own little commercials for their own channel. And those bumpers are like, for me, just as nostalgic as the shows were, you know, that aren't you glad you got your Nickelodeon? You know, that's like, takes you back immediately. Very cool to, very cool that somebody still had that stuff sitting around. Like, oh yeah. 
in a, in a basement or in an attic somewhere, just rows and rows. I can just see rows and rows of VHS tapes. and like in this trunk. Yeah. And it's like, here's this gold. You can Here take it, it is. Yeah. One question that, that popped up to my mind on the documentary itself, you, you mentioned editing. How long has this project undertaken y'all between editing, between gathering all the materials between just concept of the actual yeah we i mean we started we we did a crowdfund at the end of 2016 and once that was successful that's we are we were we were already doing some pre-production stuff there coming up if this goes through what's our story so we kind of already had the the concept and the story all the way back in at the end of 2016 and then our crowdfund was successful you can watch our indiegogo it's super funny like it's ridiculous it's just me and adam and like recreating Nickelodeon shows like at one point we're in like little short shorts like pretending like we're at Camp Anawana it's that's hilarious awesome. that's awesome um, but yeah then in, at the end of 2016 we got our, our 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 initial round of funding funding from some awesome donors and then 2017 that's whenever we started uh filming and we took a trip to LA we trip took a trip to New York and then we took some other trips and then by the end of that year uh, 2018 is really what we spent uh, editing and then it debuted at Doc NYC at the end of 2018. That was our, that was our debut. So how did y'all get the fire to flare up? I've always wondered that. Is- yeah, do you mean, how did we get people interested or how did we get, how no, did we get literally the in the, in the, the promo oh. where you're getting the, like you're doing the, uh, are you afraid yeah. of the dark? How does yeah. the fire flare up? Is that just sand? So that is oh, one of the questions oh, from yeah, our, yeah, yeah. That's one of our questions from our from our listeners, from our uh, fans. We, that yeah. was that well, was we did it differently. We did it differently with that. I think did I just do it in post? I think I just brought the yeah. Exp- I yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, in ours, it, yeah it, I, I had no idea how we didn't know how we hadn't interviewed anybody at that point. We'd interviewed absolutely zero people. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we hadn't interviewed anybody. We, I remember we went out to Sam Houston state park and we had like yeah. 30, like an hour to film. It was about to and rain. Yeah. Yeah. It started raining. So we were like, go, 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 go. And then we like, realized we were not outdoorsmen at that point. We're like, Oh wow. Like just <laughs> the, all we, all we did was we got this campground. We just, all we have to do is like, okay, all we have to do is start a fire and say a couple of lines and then we can go. That's funny. I was also, I, remember I was also sitting on like a, silver um like camera bag and it looked so stupid when we were editing it so i actually cgi'd a rock it's like oh my god like i spent all this time because i was like i don't want to look like i'm sitting on a camera bag it looks dumb so i made it as though i was sitting on a rock yeah but the answer is in the film i I feel like if we i feel like if we if we give it away i mean it's yeah it's a no spoilers no spoilers no spoilers i was gonna say it is a key component to the film about how they were able to make to make the fire Fuck. go up in flame. And it's an awesome, awesome answer. It's a funny uh, part of the movie. We want to sure. know just as much. And I want to tell the answer, but we, we can't. Oh, we man. Can't. I can't. Spoilers. I can't stumbled upon that. Spoilers that was good city. luck. No, so that, like, like I was saying, so Brian came up with that on his own. And then that was a question from a fan. It's was, a great question. What was, in, what was in the substance? What was the substance? Yes. Yes. And then, <laughs> uh, and then, like I said, it, it went a little little off the rails from there so we'll just we'll just leave it (laughs) there was like there was like three or four questions that we went into this documentary that were similar to that that we wanted to know and they're all spoilers because they're all addressed in the movie so i i hope that's not what too many of the questions are because we'll have to zip up so the i guess well i'll go into the i go into one more question from from the fans real quick while we're kind of on this topic what's gak made out of 
Oh, that's a wonderful question. We do have some information about GAC. Like, so, so it's, it's, that's, that's one. So it's GAC. And then what is this line made out of? That's the, those are the two. Okay. So GAC was like the toy, which I'm sure we could probably look it up. Oh yeah. Out, but it's more fun to ask you guys to put you on the spot. Yeah. No then, GAC. I mean, we kind of found out, but it's not that interesting of an answer because it's, I mean, you can look it up on, on the, on the little toy. You can look on the back. It's just, you know, chemicals and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a just bunch straight, of like Just straight chemicals, that's what it yeah, is. It's yeah, it's like a bunch it's of just rubber chemicals. A bunch of stuff you should have around little kids probably, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. With. Yeah, and okay, that checks out. For the slime, we that's another one that we ask in there. And here's the thing, I, I don't think you can ever know what's in the slime because if you watch, the slime mm. is always changing from show to show. So mm -hmm. you've got to get more specific and go, what was the slime made out of on blank? Because when you watch it back on You Can't Do That on television, it's very chunky and that's it's like a lime green it's mm. almost like mashed but it looks like the, the like runny mashed potatoes like it's got clumps in it it looks like you could almost eat it and it would be like a meal <laughs> you know so did, did they have like a slime sommelier that would like help pair the right slime with the show like oh we need the more viscousy snot colored yeah how, like how did they that, they that had like, a, like a sous chef, like, right? It was just like, yeah. Mm, yeah. This show needs the more runny slime. Yeah, yeah this show's just, a little yeah. more serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, you look at the end. What was the, the last one where they really had slime was uh, the show Figure It Out. And that is very much like very run. It's the slime is dark and it's runny and it looks totally different. Now I don't know what that slime is made out of. For, for us, we so there were two different ones that we did, right? Because we did sliming in our crowdfund video. We did. We was, could tell you what that's made out of. Yeah, that was mashed potatoes, right? Mashed potatoes and wait yeah. for real. Yeah, that's what oh, we did. We dump it on ourselves in our crowdfund video, and it looks just like it. Yeah, it's mashed potatoes and so I forgot what else, but that was, Scott's wife helped out a ton with that. Because, oh my God, yes. Yeah, we were like running around. Shout out to her. You got to do this. And she was just like making more for us. And we were like, thank you. Then there's another one that we did, which was gelatin and non-toxic shampoo, like Johnson and Johnson's baby shampoo. Mm -hmm. You don't want to eat it, but you can taste it, right? And anybody that got slime was like, oh, it's really sweet. Like this is really, mm. you know, so, but I don't think that those are the ones that they use. Yeah. I, I know that I remember them. We can't give it away, but I know that that shampoo was used a lot to right. keep it out so that the kids, if they had to shoot something else, kept it from just being ingrained into their hair and clothes. I know shampoo was part of it just to help clean it off a little bit easier. And that's it. That's all we said. That's, that's it. That's it. What are oh, that's, the, that's can, can you give us what the other questions are that you guys address in there without revealing too much? Or is that still pushing it? Yeah. The, the main ones that we at that what's in the slime, mm -hmm. what is in the powder, what's in the powder. And then what is an awful waffle? Yeah. From, from salute your, from shorts. Salute your shorts. That's they always, there's this thing that everyone is, they always threaten. You're going to get an awful waffle in the show you never ever find out what it is. You never find out. So we went straight to the source and we asked them. Yeah, which I always thought an awful waffle was gonna be like, you eat something pretty horrible. Like, right? Yeah, yeah, like they but, force but, you to eat it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. we And then there were a couple like other little questions like that we asked off camera, like whatever happened to Danny from- Hey Dude. Uh, yeah, from Hey Dude. Cause there's a lot of like behind, you know I mean? There was like a kind of like a mystery, like a cult yeah. mystery about like, oh, he had gone off, you know, and done this or whatever. And so we took, we talked to Graham Yost about that. 
And that, that was one too, that was really interesting for us. Cause it's like, got the, it is, it's got this whole like mythical thing, like what happened to him? Cause they've done all these, Hey dude reunions and Danny's never ever there. And no one knows what happened to him and he's not on social media. And we were kind of looking into it, you know, and we probably could have figured it out, but it's like, you know what, if this dude doesn't want to be found, that's like really crappy of us to be like, we found him and he's located at blank. You know, if he wants to disappear, <laughs> like he should disappear and we should just like respect his privacy. So we were really close to figuring out where he was. And we're like, eh, this is wrong. This is icky. Stop. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, some things are, some things are better. There, right? Yeah, some things are better in mystery. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, that's, exactly. that's kind of the point. It's like, just, okay, it's a mystery. Yeah, Absolutely. It's like, it's like the Star Move Wars on. prequels, right? Like what happened to Anakin? Well, maybe... You know, maybe you shouldn't know. Maybe Michael Myers doesn't need a backstory, and it's cooler if he's just this creepy guy that chases you around. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Rob Zombie would say differently. I don't know. (laughs) Like with uh, with Yoda, you know, it's all a lure. It's all exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is a Yoda? I don't know. We may never find out. Right. Just a Yoda, man. What was it like interviewing the different types of folks? I mean, did they all have the same level of enthusiasm and nostalgia or did some of them have kind of a bitterness to them? I mean, was yeah, there- that's one thing I thought we were going to have like some bitterness and we, for the most part, did it at all. Like everybody, it's crazy. Adam and I say this all the time, but like almost everybody was really pumped to be in this documentary. And we've got people that are, you know, still acting. We've got people that haven't acted in years and are have moved on. And then we've got people that are huge, you know, in the entertainment industry that have gotten really big. And for wow. all those different walks of life, everybody was extremely excited to do this. You know, they they were as nostalgic as we as we are, because a lot of them, it's where their career started. You know, it's where they learned everything. And, and also, it was a, because it was such a positive environment, it's a good memory for them. It's a, yeah, it was a fun time for them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, they had a deep level of gratitude. And uh, there are some other actors that we didn't get the opportunity to interview because of time commitments for the film, but that we talked to afterwards. And they all talk about the idea of the Nickelodeon family, which is really cool because they're all supportive of each other. And so, yeah, I would say as a consensus, you know, we would have to dig deep to even think about somebody that had just a normal level of enthusiasm. Pretty much everybody went out of their way to support us and to support each other. So that was a really special opportunity. Yeah, it speaks a lot to the culture that they created. And I think that this sounds like it makes it easier because everybody's super pumped to be there. It's like, it's not like, oh, you don't have to yank these, these answers to these questions out of them. They're just like ready to talk about it and like reminisce really. And that sounds, that sounds awesome. I mean, Honestly, I'm super excited to be able to watch the documentary. You know, we we didn't we didn't get a uh, advanced screening. Oh man, <clears throat> what? Um, but uh, we'll no. Okay. It's, it's, we'll talk I about blame it. our producer for that. <laughs> yeah, fucking nerd. Yeah, fucking that's me, guys. I'm fucking nervous. Nervous. Oh yeah, that's fine. we'll talk. I'm, we'll talk. About editor, that. we'll blame our producer. Bill Parks, why didn't you get Marketer. a screener of these guys? Wait, we'll can we say the it. F word on this podcast you know, now? You know, that's one thing, though, that I think is really cool. And I'd like to say for for people watching it is like, we've got so many people in this, like, it's crazy how many people people are always like, when Adam would talk, Adam and I would talk to people like, Oh, I bet yeah, I bet you wish you got Mark Summers. And like, we did, you know, like, I'll bet you didn't get anyone from the Midnight Society. We did, you know, did you get the Pete's? Yes, like, so many people are in this. And it's crazy. Um, and that's something that, you know, Adam and I being first time documentary filmmakers was a lot to take in. You know, it's like, wow, we got to book to make this feel real and feel authentic. We've got to get a lot of people because we, ha- we we kind of determined 
we got to get at least one person in front of the camera and one person behind the camera. That's what's going to make each like segment feel real and it, it feel full. And that was a lot of people. Like we got a lot of people in this. And again, the only reason we were able to do that was because these people were so kind and gracious with their time and excited to do it. I will say really quickly, the one person that wasn't enthusiastic about it was that frog from Gola Gola Island. Yeah, who, he said no. Who he and Scott, pun he punched Scott in the face. I was yeah, like, what? It was a bad time. It was a bad it time. It wasn't good. What did so you say? He said, binya, binya to him. <laughs> and he was not cool with that. Uh, we... We don't know the language. Yeah. So <laughs> David the gnome, David the gnome also was a huge jerk. I tried to oh. rub noses. I tried to do the nose rubbing thing with him and he was like, "No, no, man, that's not I'm not yeah. into that anymore." And I was like, "All right, well, whatever." Yeah. David the gnome, I jerk. I don't want to start it. Yeah, I don't want to start beef like in the gnome world, but he was he was a he was <laughs> He's a not my favorite gnome. Gnomeo is. I thank you. Thank you for saying that, Scott. <laughs> I just I just see my kid running around doing just going Nobio Nobio. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a that's a good name. Well, tell 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 yeah tell your tell your kid that they, that they chose the right one. Yeah, because yeah. David the gnome is a hater, and so I don't I don't know if she liked Nomeo more than Sherlock gnomes. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Okay. Like, I think she likes Sherlock gnomes more, but like the Gnomeo character better. There's a lot of, man, there's a lot of, I was going to say nomenclature, but that's <laughs> nomenclature. Uh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. All right. It's time for, we just said like, y'all just hang up. <laughs> and no, that's, that's going to be like this the intro over. quote. <laughs> don't, do, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> no, but, but yeah, no, everybody was great. Everybody was amazing. And yes. Everybody really was. I think one thing also to focus on is that, you know, this was incredibly, what made it even more challenging was that Scott and I were working like full-time jobs at the same time. Right. So we were taking all of our vacation time just to fly around to different places. And yeah. so it meant a lot for everybody else that was very accommodating because they didn't have to be right. Yeah. You know, like somebody like Keenan Thompson is busy all the time. So he just came and met us. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we were like, Hey, do you need a valet? You need blah, 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 whatever. And he's like, nah, I know how to park. Like he, yeah. it was just like really cool <laughs> and very kind. And everybody was like that. For real, that dude, like, we can't stress it enough how cool that guy was. Whatever the opposite of a diva is, that's what that guy is. Like, he didn't ask for anything. He didn't expect to be treated any different than anybody else in the documentary. Even though that guy's been on Saturday Night Live for, like, 20 years, he's a big star. He was in not the No movie, but the Troll movie. Mm. Um, not Troll mm. 2, but the, the Troll movie that just came out. Trolls World and Tour. The good, and the Good Burger movie, come and, on. And the Good Burger movie, which is freaking awesome. <laughs> That, is, that movie awesome is, movie. is a great movie. But yeah, what no, that, that guy. Sauce? Oh, yeah. We don't know what it is. You never we, find out, do you? We mm -hmm. should have asked that. We didn't know. <laughs> Same thing. It's in GAC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Funny thing. We can say this. Mark Summers, actually, he kind of invented the word GAC because he used to refer to all the slime on Double Dare as GAC. He's like, then you're going to jump into this pile of GAC and find that flag. So he's kind of like, yeah, dude, I created that word. And then it ended up being a word for meth. So whoops. Whoops. That's okay. Yeah. He meant he meant well. He meant well. Are, yeah. On on the topic of, of Keenan and Kel, are their personalities similar to what we see what we saw growing up, what we see in the movies, what we see on Saturday Night Live? Are they similar? Are they hilarious? So tell us a little bit about that. Based off of off of what y'all know. 
Uh, Keenan was super funny. Like he is legit. Like you're like, oh yeah, this is one of those guys that doesn't need a writer. You know, there are some people that are funny because they have funny writers, but that guy, mm -hmm. he just sat down and like the whole time Adam and I were like trying to hold it down and not laugh because it's like <laughs> everything coming out of his mouth was funny. He's a real smart, smart, smart dude too. Like everything was funny and insightful at the same time, which is kind of hard to do. So yeah, I would say he's like he is on Saturday Night Live. He's just fantastic. Yeah, I think Keenan was also, I think, a little bit more reserved, which I thought was interesting, right? Yeah. Like his humor, the way it came out was very, I always go back to like whenever we were first talking to him and I asked if he was a Yankees fan because he had a black Yankees hat on that was like a black logo. And I was like, oh, are you a Yankees fan? And he's like, nah, I'm, I'm a fan of wearing clothes until they finally tear up and rip apart. So, and it was just like very, you know what I mean? Like straight, yeah, straight and face. I was like, and I was like, okay, that's cool. Uh, Kel was, Kel was a little bit different. He wasn't, you know, very, I mean, he had great energy, was very cool and kind. He wasn't all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, like with Kel, like there's, I always felt like there was this almost manic energy, right? That like was, he was like bouncing. Right. Yeah. Right. And I didn't, I didn't get that impression from Kel. Kel yeah. had, you know, I mean, he was really cool and still funny and very charming, but you know, it, that was very clearly, you could tell probably like an extension, you know? Yeah. I mean? like he was an like act. Going, yeah. Right. Right. Cause yeah. in both Good Burger and Keenan and Kel, Kel was always the, the, the silly guy and Keenan was always more the straight man. And Kel was so awesome when we, when we met him, but he, he's a very, yeah, you could tell he's just like a very insightful, intelligent dude, very spiritual, just like mm -hmm. such a kind love, like he's a loving father, you know, and he's just an amazing guy. And he's got that really mature energy, you know, that this guy seems really smart and like wise, what the hell am I doing with my life, you know, because we're about the same age. But yeah, he was, he was amazing. But yeah, just different in that he doesn't really go, dude, can I get your order? Of course, you know, that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's his character. But yeah. Yeah. Really weird to hear in an interview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He did walk around with, uh, like, it was weird because he did carry on a bunch of, no, he didn't carry on any orange soda <laughs> at all. Yeah, That's no. not true at all. And I'm sure that he probably would have hired Binya Binya to punch us in the face if we were yes. asked about that. So Those guys were both awesome. Like, we, the fact that we got to meet both of them, you know, because one lives on the East Coast and then one lives on the West Coast. And we got to, just the fact that we got to meet both of them. And when they talk about each other, you can just feel the love, you know. I mean, I can only imagine that, you know, Adam and I have been friends since we were kids, you know. And, but them, they have that bond, plus the fact that they've been on this insane journey together being these huge stars you know that's something only the two of them could ever understand so when they would talk about each other you could just see it in their eyes and feel it like, like they a fraternal love it was a fraternal love completely like a strong strong bond between those two guys you know like they lived with each other for a little bit there it's like you know you have that friend where their mom is basically your mom you know you mm -hmm. can and that's that's you could tell they would be talking about each other's moms that they that was like my mom you know even though it's not my biological mom like his mom became my mom because I was, I think during one season, they, they stayed with each other. You know, it was just easier because on all that, everybody lived in another city and had to come to Orlando, you know. So, yeah, that was a really beautiful thing to get to experience for sure. On a personal so, level, who are you the most excited to meet? So I guess this kind of is a two-part question. What was your favorite show that you were like, oh, this is going to be so cool because we get to dive into the history of this show and we really get to understand it. And then maybe on the upside, we can also talk to a star or a director or whatever. So two-part question, favorite show, and then who are you most excited to meet? 
now and you don't have to like give you your favorite because that's not fair you know you that's can't not fair, yeah. yeah i'm not i'm not gonna make you do that that's not fair because i'm sure you had you know great times with with everybody but it was like before actually getting to meet them and i guess maybe even from the outset of starting this project you're like hey man i get to you know dig into hey dude or pete and pete or mm. legends of hidden temple whatever that was my favorite show and i get to meet these people this is gonna be awesome well, I love that yeah, they're both okay. They're like, um, you go first. It's yeah, such, first. yeah, it's such an incredible. I mean, because Adam said it before, it, it's the truth. Like everybody was so awesome. I try to think who was I the most starstruck by because you didn't love one show, you just loved Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon was the destination. You turn on the channel and you just loved whatever was on there, you know. And it was all. I mean, I mean, how can you pick between you know Mark meeting Mark Summers, meeting Phil Moore, meeting you know Lori Beth Denberg, meeting Keenan Thompson, but you asked to whittle it down, so I'm just going to do it. And the only reason I'm picking this person is because I wanted to be this person when I was a kid, and that's Danny Cooksey, Bobby Budnick from Salute Your Shorts. I loved nice. that kid so much. Like, I, I, we've said this before. I had a mullet. Adam knew me when I had it. It was a real mullet, and I loved it. I, wanted, I always joke I wanted to be Budnick, but I was actually sponge. I was real small and nerdy. But I loved it. I loved heavy metal music, and I still do. Uh, not maybe not as much. Um, I'm not. I don't know as much of what's going on in the world of heavy metal. But I was a huge. I was into all that '80s metal back then. And he had a band called Bad for Good that I just thought was so cool because they were little kids. They were. It was while he was doing Salute Your Shorts, he had this band, uh, and they were like little a little kid band, like all put together. They were all like between the ages of like 12 and 16, and he was the singer. And he's got a freaking great voice. So. I thought he was so cool. He was in Terminator. Remember, he rode on the motorcycle with Eddie Furlong. Mm -hmm. Man, he was just the coolest kid ever. And so I kind of couldn't believe it when I was like, dude, we're going to Bobby Budnick's house. I, I can't believe this is really happening. But then, you know, that was, that was the one that I was personally the most starstruck and, and kind of taken aback by. But then, you know, Adam and I, like, like I said, we, we tried to get somebody in front of the camera and behind the camera. And meeting a lot of these directors and writers was incredible because you're getting a masterclass in writing and directing because there are all these people that clearly were very successful and knew what they were doing and were visionaries and were groundbreakers, you know? So getting to meet all of the, the show producers was amazing. But, you know, ultimately my number one would be you know, Geraldine Laybourne, who that's who the film is kind of about. We kind of track her journey through Nickelodeon. That gave us a definitive starting and ending point once we found that she was going to be the focal point of our story. Because we could say we're making a documentary about the golden age of Nickelodeon, and that means different things to everybody. You know, uh, right. some people might consider Invader Zim the, the, the best show ever. Some people might consider, you know, Black Beauty, one of the very earliest shows, or Going Great, Tomorrow People. But when we got to meet her, you know, she was one of the, like I said, she's the focal point of the documentary, but she was one of the last interviews that we got. So we'd basically been working on this documentary about her life and career for like a year at that point. You know, we'd been eating, sleeping, and breathing Geraldine Laybourne. And then to get to meet her was very, very surreal because also who she is. You know, she's someone that changed the world like five times. After, after Nickelodeon, she went on to be president of the Disney Channel, did awesome things there, and then went on to, to found the Oxygen Network with Oprah. You know, she's just insane. So that was certainly like one where I was like, I'm in the presence of somebody who's a legit visionary, you know, in every, every sense of the word. So those, those are my two big ones. What was your favorite show? 
My favorite show was Are You Afraid of the Dark? There's there's not yeah, there's no there's no uh there's no arguing with that one. What you got, Adam? So I would say the person that I was most nervous about definitely was Larissa Olenek. And <laughs> it's because not, I mean, not because everyone in the world and the universe had a crush on her when we were growing up, but because, you know, she's, she's just like all, I mean, everybody, but she's gone on to continue to do great work. Right. I mean, she's worked in Mad Men. I love her in 10 things I hate about you. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a wonderful actress and like musician. Like she, I mean, she's just a great singer as well. Like I think she had a break breakout performance, like as a member of Les Mis. So I was, I was nervous about that. I think we both love, are you afraid of the dark? Uh, I think that Scott and I would agree that that's probably our, our number one, you know, I, I would follow that up with The Adventures of Pete and Pete because that show just holds up so well. And Scott and I always talk mm. about the cameos, you know, the, the musical cameos of Iggy Pop, Violent Femmes, Steve Buscemi, what, gosh, Luscious Jackson. Like you could go on and on, right? And the story's just so funny. And it still just stands the test of time because it's just this story of sibling relationships. And it's just so quirky. And it's like, I think that if we were to pick like a Mount Rushmore of, of Nickelodeon shows, <laughs> I would probably put that one on there. I think that yeah. Pete and Pete might make it, you know? I just, I just, I, I can agree with that. Yeah. There's, there's, I mean, there's definitely some standouts for everybody. You know, everybody's going to have their own, you know, where, where you just more into animation. Like maybe that's your thing. It's like all the Nickelodeon. Yeah. And yeah. shows like that's, you know, that's going to be my rush more. Or were you more into live action stuff or where kids are actually a part of it? You know, your, your uh, guts and your, uh, Legends of Hidden Temple and stuff like that. You know, that's what I dug on. That Those was, are my favorites. That was my my dream was to be on Guts, man. Like, oh, it was my yeah. dream. And because I was, uh, I was a them down. as a growing up as a kid, I was a gymnast, and so I was like, dude, I can do all this stuff. Yeah, shot. Did yeah, well, right, right. Well, and also like like Brian said, like were the boulders like that heavy? <laughs> Is that question answered? Uh, the answer is yes. They actually put an- Acme anvils into the bolt. No, I, I don't. We didn't. We didn't get a chance. <laughs> Child labor law violation. <laughs> fun is, fact: AJ McLean, man. A- yes. AJ McLean was in that. I can't. Yes. Was he back? He was Backstreet Boys, or he yes. was in Sync. He was yes. one of the boy band guys. He was on an episode of Guts. That's yeah, funny. yeah. We did. We did uh, in Austin. We did a showing of a couple of just Nickelodeon shows, and they showed the guts that he was on there and he lost. Mm, he lost. And it was yeah. funny because everybody was, I don't know why we were, but everybody was just like booing him. Everybody oh. was like, you're never going to win. You're a loser. And it's like, I think that I was, just, I think it's because everybody knew that he was the opposite of a loser. He, he turned out fine. Yeah. 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 You know, he's, even if he loses, he's going to go on to be fine. Cause we, we know he did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure that he's an amazing individual, like as a person also, <laughs> but not a very good guts competitor as well. Nope. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't very good. He, he didn't he, take he, home a piece of the crag. Oh, Mo. Dude, I mean, how cool would that, like if you won it as a kid and you just like still have it like on, I a know, show, I know on your wall, we got, we got to see a couple during the making of the stone. There are people that have them. It's none of them. You know what though? None of the people I did, yeah. None of the people that uh, that we interviewed, though, actually won it. Like, we weren't able to get in touch with someone who actually – it was all people who had acquired it later in life. But they're amazing. Yeah, they're crazy to look at. 
That's awesome. I, I always watched Guts with the same sense that I watch any Olympic sport where I look and I'm like, that looks real easy. There's no way on earth I could have accomplished any of those feats of strength. Right. right. Or it's that, like when you're watching that sports. Light boulder, that foam boulder would have knocked me the hell down. <laughs> yeah. I, I would it's like when I watch like the ribbon or something like that, right? Like in gymnastics. I'm just like, really? A ribbon or like whenever they would go through like all the rubber you know in the rubber band, yeah. rubber yeah. band essentially those i was like come on man and i know for a fact i would have been stuck there and it would have been like indiana jones when you see a skeleton afterwards we I'm just gave up and we just let him die he... yeah that's hilarious <laughs> he didn't say uncle so we just we just let it nature take its course done. yeah i'll tell you who i wasn't excited to see was that damn david the gnome so yeah, he sucked just gonna bring that up again. We got beat. God, this is how beef it started. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah. Uh, you totally. What <laughs> one thing that just uh, really fascinates me is highly successful and talented people. So when you were talking about Geraldine Laybourne, what is something that you know kind of stood out to you about her personality or about her character, or just her in general? I'm always curious to see what the difference is between a person like that that is very highly successful, very motivated, and then you know, your average, uh, your average Joe. I think Geraldine. And that's the cliffhanger guys. I'm going to go ahead and pause it here and make sure that I remind you guys to head over to iTunes and download the documentary. Follow the orange ears on Instagram along with ginger kid productions. All right, guys, here's the outro. I need another drink. I'm out. Well, you heard Trey's drink clank and Brian's yawn, so you know it's time for us to head on out. Thanks again for joining us. We'll catch you on the next episode. And remember, stay nerdy, my friends.